Now we meet a man who inherits a very special legacy. The family of Zhang Yi was once an important player in the saxophone manufacturing industry. Although Zhang made his own career in electronics, he still determined to promote the woodwind instrument. He even invented an award-winning speaker system to help saxophonists amplify their music. This saxophone player is 73-year-old Zhang Yi. His family pioneered the manufacturing of Western musical instruments in Taiwan. Traditional industries make tiny profits. In particular, you have to be extremely determined. Zhang grew up in Taichung's Holy District, which is an important place for saxophone parts manufacturing. Zhang's own family was a major player in the industry, and though Zhang now works in photoelectrics, he's still keen to promote the instrument, which has been part of his life as long as he can remember. I'd like to establish a Taiwan Saxophone Development Association with the goal of getting everyone playing the saxophone, because we already have a role to play in this world. Zhang promotes the instrument whenever he gets the chance, inspiring family and colleagues with his infectious passion. The chair of the company is very passionate. He talks about saxophones with all the customers who come in. I didn't used to play myself, but I felt curious and I felt a longing to do it. So recently, I have just started learning the saxophone with my Rotary Club friends. Zhang even invented a smart speaker system for the saxophone. It comes in many shapes and features a resonance effect. The invention won the Taichung City Outstanding Industrial Innovation Award earlier this year. A glass of fruit milk is a very popular pick-me-up. Juice vendors across Taiwan offer all kinds of fruit blended with milk. But did you know that some fruits are objectively a bad match for milk? Which fruit milks are the best? We spoke to a juice expert and a nutritionist to get the lowdown from the pros. Slices of papaya go into the blender, then milk. They both have sweet and silky flavors. But not many people know how well a sugar apple goes with milk. These members of the public tried it and were won over. The juice vendor listed the many fruits that go great with milk. Apart from papaya and avocado, there's also fig milk and cocoa beans. Cocoa beans lower blood pressure, lipids and sugar. So I think cocoa beans are perfect for today's health trends. Sweet fruits go well with milk in general. Sugar apples are high in vitamin C. Bananas are high in potassium and low in sodium, great for lowering blood pressure. Papaya is good for the heart and avocado is an antioxidant. But milk isn't as forgiving as it seems. This juice expert warned that sour fruits like kiwi fruit, pineapple and oranges are a no with milk. We asked a nutritionist why. Some fruits are more acidic, and they have enzymes that break down protein. That includes papaya, kiwi, and pineapple. They will react with milk and cause it to curdle, or even to go rancid. This nutritionist recommends drinking fruit milk as soon as it's made, so the nutritional value is at its highest and the flavor at its best as well. Taiwan reported 18,509 local COVID cases on Tuesday, a drop of 25.8% from last week, a sign that COVID is receding. 
Meanwhile, as the number of flu cases gradually grows, the CDC has made an additional purchase of flu vaccines. Let's hear from the CECC. We're seeing that this year's flu season is a little more severe than over the past two years. And in addition, the public has been more eager to get vaccinated. So we're ordering an additional 200,000 vaccine doses. They were distributed to local health agencies on November 15th. So far, we've used up about 84% of the ones we had in stock. Taiwan had originally purchased 6.2 million flu vaccine doses, which were delivered in full before the end of October. Already, 5.2 million people have taken their shots, meaning about 1 million doses are left. The CECC urged everyone eligible to get a shot while reminding COVID patients that they must wait until their isolation and self-health management period is over before heading to a clinic for a shot. The 2022 International Local Government Leadership Dialogue kicked off on Monday in Taoyuan with representatives from all over the world. At the event, Taoyuan engaged in conversations with other local leaders outside Taiwan about industrial development, cultural diversity and the logistics of hosting airports. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan stressed that Taoyuan is an important hub for the high-tech sector as well as an important point for transport in the Asia-Pacific region. He said that through exchanges with other cities, Taoyuan can better reach its potential and be seen by the whole world. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan and members of a foreign delegation give the thumbs up as they pose for a photograph. Taoyuan on Monday kicked off its 2022 International Local Government Leadership Dialogue. The event was attended by representatives from four of Taoyuan's sister cities in the U.S., as well as Mara Horatio Hendricks of South Africa's Kuha. Together, they discussed industrial development, cultural diversity, and issues related to the airports their respective cities host, sharing ideas on how each of their cities had tackled these issues. We've talked about many topics, including cities that host airports, cultural diversity, climate change, and urban resilience. I think these are all very important issues that cities are facing. Zheng said that foreigners from different backgrounds were able to thrive in Taoyuan. He also discussed ways that industry in the city was transforming itself in the face of climate change. He added that the use of green energy toward the goal of net zero carbon emissions and building a circular economy will be crucial for Taoyuan and its peaceful coexistence with the environment. With the easing of pandemic restrictions, international exchanges are bound to become more frequent. I hope that the foundation of city-to-city exchanges I've established over the past eight years will be passed on to the next city administration so that Taoyuan can continue to be seen by the world. Zheng said that Taoyuan is an important center for the high-tech industry and a transportation hub for the Asia-Pacific region. He said he hopes the city will continue to engage with the world and seek out opportunities for cooperation. The four mayoral candidates for Taoyuan on Tuesday took part in a policy presentation where they also had a chance to criticize their rivals' proposals for the city. DPP candidate Zheng Yunpeng started on the offensive, saying that the KMT's candidate Simon Chang was out of touch with Taoyuan. Meanwhile, Chang's promises that he would lead with transparency were shut down by his rivals. At the policy presentation, the four mayoral candidates for Taoyuan posed for a photo. The first to fire the shots was the DPP's Zheng Yunpeng, who took aim at the proposals by the KMT's Simon Chang. 
My adversary, Mr. Simon Chang, thinks that investing in the semiconductor industry is something that should happen many years in the future. That farther shows how out of touch he is with Taoyuan. He was a premier in the executive UN and also the highest advisor for a pro-unification party. Mr. Chang had power but was unwilling to use it. He didn't do anything to get trains running on the Taoyuan Airport MRT, to get operations going at the Taoyuan Aerotropolis. He even obstructed projects to put railway tracks underground. Taoyuan has grown a lot since I was working in Longtan, but a lot of new problems have emerged. Taoyuan has a lot of infrastructure, but not so much attention has been paid to its quality. Do we really want to let Zheng Yunpeng take the lead so that he can fail to open up Taoyuan and bring big changes? Former Premier Simon Chang is a respected figure, but he hasn't been working in governance for many years or in the executive branch. Zheng is the most seasoned lawmaker of the four candidates. In contrast, Chang hasn't worked in Taoyuan for a decade. At the presentation, Chang touted his engineering experience, saying that he would work toward transparency and against corruption. His opponents took the statement as munitions to slam him. I will make use of my background in engineering to push for safety in public works. My principles in promoting public construction projects are clean government, clean process. When you were in the government, did you do anything to stop corruption in the KMT government? To stop the mafia running the place? Did you say anything about the project to bring the railway tracks underground? Simon Chang wants a clean process, but from what I can see, his team includes vote buyers and frauds. The KMT and DPP candidates use their final remarks to land the last jab on each other. All previous county or city heads have had achievements under their belts, but they also had shortcomings. People of Taoyuan, it's time to change the party in charge. During the KMT rule, Taoyuan's infrastructure was stagnating. But during the past eight years, Taoyuan has moved forward at the speed of light. That's something that all residents here can appreciate. The candidates traded bobs as election day draws near. Who will get elected on November 26? It remains to be seen. In this age of the convenience store, Taiwan's traditional grocery stores are disappearing. Today, we meet a grocery store owner in her 80s who is just about to hang up her hat. After running the store in Taipei's Shiling District for more than 50 years, she's finally sold the land to a developer. Neighbors say they're sorry to see her go. Customers who've been coming here all their lives can hardly believe it. This little grocery store in Shirling's Xingfu Street community has been in business 50 years, but soon it will close. This store has been here since I was in first grade. Sometimes when we finished school, we'd come here to buy things. It's so sad. I don't want to see it go. It's been here so long. It is a bit sad because I always came here to buy snacks as a kid. If you had a small bit of change like one dollar, you could spend it here. The traditional snacks sold here are all amazing value, from a 1NT lollipop to a 10NT lipstick candy. The store owner, now 82, with silver hair and back troubles, still takes turns with her husband to watch the store. They only shut after the kids have come out of school. But after the next door kindergarten shut down, she decided two years ago to sell the land to a developer. 
it's time to bow out. It's okay to stop. I'm over 80 now. My husband's 87. We both ought to rest. She walks 15 minutes to work every day and has built up strong friendships with all her customers. More than 50 years ago, she planted this Long'an tree by the store. My niece gave me the seeds, so I planted it there. They're delicious. Thankfully, a friend has agreed to adopt the Long'an tree when the store closes. The memories of this community hub will live on long in the fruit it produces. Global inflation rates continue to rise. In October, the Consumer Price Index showed year-on-year growth of 2.72%. The inflation rate has now been above 2% for 15 months solid, and that means everything from food to rent is up in price. If you're feeling the pinch on your budget, you're in good company. A survey showed 92% of office workers are trying to save money right now. We spoke to one such careful budgeter, a marketing agent, who shared her tips for saving money this winter. No matter how tired she is, Ms. Guo takes the metro to work every day. A few years ago, she'd catch an Uber if there was a drop of rain, but now things are different. Inflation is spiraling and she can't afford to be so extravagant. Sometimes I would have a fresh 2000 NT in my purse and I'd think, where did that vanish to so quick? One Uber return could be 400 NT. But if I really switched to always taking the metro, one journey is just 35 NT. This way I can save maybe 3,000 NT a month or more. And she's getting thrifty in other ways too. She picks up her needle to adjust her own clothes and mend holes. If it's still wearable, she won't need to buy new ones. And she puts leftovers from her company lunch into a lunchbox to take home for dinner, saving the cost of another meal. If you budget carefully in this climate of inflation, I think you can save yourself 3,000 NT to 5,000 NT a month. In this age of inflation, the rise in commodity prices is the most noticeable thing. It's focused around food, housing, and transport. 92% of office workers are planning to push back against rising costs, hoping to thereby save 3,700 NT a month. Ms. Gore is far from alone in tightening her purse strings. Many people who used to be spendthrift are now counting every dollar carefully in an effort to counteract the rising prices all around. TSMC shares shot up on Tuesday after Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway revealed it had acquired 4.1 billion U.S. dollars to acquire a 1.2 percent stake in the chipmaker. That's about 125.8 billion NT, meaning the holding is now TSMC's fifth largest stakeholder. Let's hear from two analysts. It must be that they have seen what the worst-case scenario for the semiconductor sector would look like. I think Berkshire Hathaway's deal is a so-called value investment, a long-term investment, also known as a moat investment. I think TSMC's shares and position in the market are in line with Berkshire Hathaway's considerations when choosing stocks. It's very simple. TSMC is a leading contract chip-making giant, and their stocks hit their target. Their value is currently much higher than their price. So it's a very reasonable time to go in, now that they are relatively low. TSMC shares are bouncing back very fast, from 370 NT last month to 480 now. So there are already investors stepping in for a long-term investment. 
In the second half of this year, the semiconductor sector has faced multiple challenges, including recessions and inventory problems, with foreign investors selling off their stocks in the sector. Now Berkshire Hathaway's announcement has pushed back TSMC's value to more than 12 trillion NT as foreign investors return and regain confidence in the company. Defense contractor the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology on Tuesday demonstrated its drone arsenal, which has just been expanded. The institute has developed a single rotor drone that is ideal for the needs of urban and coastal surveillance. The new drone adds to an arsenal that already includes mid-range marine reconnaissance and long-range satellite-guided drones, giving the military more tools to meet its ends. The institute said it has also trained 100 drone pilots across all branches of the military. This single rotor drone will mainly be used for reconnaissance in urban areas and along beaches. Its guidance system has a range of 30 kilometers and it can stay in flight for one hour at a time. Then there's this fixed wing drone, the Tengyun, also from the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology. It uses satellite guidance, can reach mid to high altitudes and remain airborne for up to 20 hours. It can take off and land on its own, making it useful for monitoring enemy movements. Another drone designed by the Institute is the Albatross, also known as the Zhongxiang-2, which was first put to use in August when China's PLA conducted drills all around Taiwan Island. The Albatross's primary purpose is surveillance missions over the sea, and it has a guidance range of 150 kilometers and a maximum flight time of 12 hours. Officials say the drone is ideal for search and rescue missions on the open waters. Ever since we developed the Albatross, we have been training drone pilots for all branches of the military. So far, we have have trained roughly 100 pilots, and they have all passed the Civil Aeronautics Administration's test. With many people concerned over Chinese investments in Taiwanese companies, as well as the use of China-made components in Taiwanese tech, the institute said it strictly filters manufacturing partners. Manufacturers we work with undergo strict background checks to ensure they haven't received funding from China and don't do business with China. In the bidding process for these manufacturing jobs, there is always some confidentiality involved. With tensions in the Taiwan Strait high, the institute is putting its full effort into ensuring the military has all the tools it needs to defend the country. With drones becoming increasingly important to modern warfare, Taiwan is set to develop the latest in drone technology. U.S. President Joe Biden on Monday sat with Chinese leader Xi Jinping for a meeting lasting more than three hours, during which both sides discussed topics including Taiwan. Biden says the U.S. policy on Taiwan remains unchanged and that it opposes any unilateral change to the status quo. Meanwhile, she said that the Taiwan issue was a red line that should not be crossed. After the meeting, Biden added that he didn't think Beijing had any plans for an imminent attempt to invade Taiwan. U.S. President Joe Biden on Monday met in person with Chinese leader Xi Jinping for the first time as a sitting president. The previous time the leaders of the two countries sat together was three years ago, when Xi met with then-U.S. President Donald Trump. Monday's meeting lasted three hours and 20 minutes. We share responsibility, in my view, to show that China and the United States can manage our differences, prevent competition, from becoming anything ever near conflict. Currently, the China-U.S. relationship is in such a situation that we all care a lot about it. 
After the meeting, Biden held a press conference during which he said he had discussed the topic of Taiwan with Xi. We oppose unilateral change in the status quo by either side, and we're committed to maintaining the peace and stability in the Taiwan Straits. I made it clear that we want to see cross-strait issues peacefully resolved, and uh, and so it never has to come to that. And uh, I'm convinced that. Uh, that he understood exactly what I was saying, I understood what he was saying. Biden made an appeal for cross-strait peace and stability. Meanwhile, she said that the Taiwan issue was the first red line that must not be crossed. Biden added that he doesn't think China would make a move on Taiwan anytime soon. And I do not think there's any imminent attempt on the part of China to invade Taiwan. And I made it clear that our policy on Taiwan has not changed at all. Biden also said that the U.S. is not looking to stir up conflict with Beijing. I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. We're going to compete vigorously, but I'm not looking for conflict. I'm looking to manage this competition responsibly. Biden reiterated that the U.S. and China would cooperate on many global issues and that high-ranking officials on both sides would continue communicating. The first one of them will likely be Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who is set to visit China early next year.